I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. We're gearing up on this week's pod uh, for Friday evening's home game uh, with Cheltenham Town at the Valley. Joining me to do this out first up, Mr. Nathan Muller. Hey, dear Nath. Living the dream, mate. It's coming home. And then yeah. we're going back to Swift, back to reality against Cheltenham at home on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what was more boring, really. The first half of the England-Wales game or... Charlton's entire season, but <laughs> at least at least the England Wales game picked up in the second half. Also joining us uh, to look ahead to uh, Friday evening's clash with the Robins is uh, Sue Gallup. Hey, DNC. I'm I'm all good. I was just wondering, knife. If England don't win on hmm. Sunday, do you then suddenly switch allegiance to Germany? Have you been talking to Peter Howarth, Sue? Have you been talking to Peter? Have you? No, no, I, no, I, won't. I was no. just curious. <laughs> Uh, what, to switch allegiance to who? Because I think Germany would be going out, I think, by the looks of it. Yeah. Well, that's after that, I don't Germany. know. Well, Probably you Australia, go, you go mate. To Eng- well, you could come to England now that now that Tom Wallin has joined. He has <laughs> decided to support England again now, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an easy easy choice. He said, he said he'll pick after full time. Isn't he? So England won 3-0, so presumably he's more English again now, Tom. But there we go. So on the, we will, if we get a chance, we might talk a little bit about the England-Wales game later on. But obviously we're more focused uh, on the addicts. We're going to look ahead to yeah Friday evening's game with Cheltenham. Uh, in a few moments' time, we've got your tweets and emails. There's, there's been a few little bits and pieces today, actually, that's worth uh, chatting about. A tweet from Peter Varney we'll talk about. Tweets from Ollie Groom. I think worth talking about uh, as well. We've got, like I say, your, your emails on those subjects. We've got the cup draw, the FA Cup draw. Uh, we did another exciting Twitter space to find out who we would be playing if we were to beat Stockport uh, in the replay. So we'll have a little chat about who we, uh, what massive side we draw in that. Uh, we've got Alicia and Dow uh, from the Charlton women's team. Uh, they're playing Sheffield United at home uh, on Sunday. They're on a bit of a good run as well. So we're going to hear from her. Uh, Mark Halliwell is our Cheltenham correspondent on this evening's pod. He's going to tell us all about uh, the Robins uh, as well towards the end of the show. So... Um, um, well, let's look ahead, first of all, then, to the game Friday. Obviously, Friday, because um, just in case England finished second in their group uh, and they would have been playing on this Saturday at 3 o'clock, uh, there would have been very little interest in Cheltenham versus Cheltenham, I, I would suggest, uh, humbly, Nathan. Uh, but because they're not, it's now even it's now slight, slight, slightly annoying that we've got to play on the Friday night. The one Friday I have to be in Birmingham, uh, so I'm going to be rushing back for the game. Um, but, yeah, so we're playing on a Friday night, despite the fact Ch- uh, England aren't playing on Saturday. But, I mean... Let's concentrate on the addicts. We need some points here, don't we? You know, four four league games without a win, three league wins in the last fifteen doesn't sound good when you when you spell it out like that, does it? No, no, we don't. I mean, I know there's some draws in there, but um, yeah, we we've not won enough games, and I thought Cheltenham struggled early doors, but I know the last couple of games they've got some good results, a draw and a win against Wickham and um, Ipswich. So it seems like I'm saying it every week. 
think that's going to be a tough game. Um, I know it's the um, usual response that Garner will probably say, and it is going to be a tough game. But we need to win our home games because um, we're not winning away. So, yeah, we need to get some points on the board and arrest this slide, but see what see what players he can patch up together in terms of <laughs> defensively. And, unlike, you know, hopefully we can defend set pieces better because Saturday was woeful, um, which we spoke about on Sunday. So it's going to be tough, but it's a game that we should be winning at home. Um, not even to do anything big in the league in terms of promotion or whatever. Cause I don't think that's happening, but you've got to be winning these games at home. So we need to get some wins on the board and hopefully that will bring some confidence to the lads because they certainly need it. Yeah, they they certainly do. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because you know, I've mentioned that the form and and how far off it we are in terms of wins, Sue and Nathan's mentioned that really we're pro- we're probably not playing for anything. But as it stands, with six points off the playoffs, um, you know, I I remain pessimistic about the fact that we could catch up with the, with the team in sixth, um, Barnsley at the moment, who've um, uh, still got a game in hand on us. There's a, quite a few teams in between us and the playoffs who have one or two games in hand on, uh, on us and more points than us. So that six points realistically is probably seven or eight, but you know, if we do pick up a win, if we are just about floating around within four or five points of the playoffs in January, who knows where we'll go? So that's that's why these these games in between now and then, other than just for morale, because we, we we got to go and watch them every week, um, are, are, are big for Cholton and games. You know, this is, we're on a little bit of a run of, of games against teams who are down the lower echelons of, of League One. So we really need to make make these count for us, which we haven't done over the last couple. Yeah, I, I had a quick look at the, the table earlier and it was just like, well, actually, they're only two points behind us, right? So, um, again, it's like you talk about the possibility of getting into the playoffs or, or whatever, but actually, we're probably just as close to the bottom in terms of the points. So, I think we've talked about it numerous occasions. January transfer wins is going to be massive for us. So... Going, going like the games that prior to that window, we've just got to try and like get anything out of them. Like I'm, it, it's it's really difficult because as you know, I've always been the positive one, and I'm always like we we'll win, we we'll win, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. I've completely lost my confidence, and I think even watching them um, in the cup game on Saturday, I was just like I just don't even recognise my team anymore. Like. It, it's just it's really sad to see and I just I'm looking at these games now that where before I would have been really confident oh yeah we'll beat Cheltenham they're like below us blah 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 now I'm like I'll be happy with a point it's it's I think it's one of them that it's just that whatever's going wrong I don't I don't know what it well there's lots of issues isn't there that that's going wrong but whatever's affecting the on the pitch situation and um, people can blame Ben all they like but we've had this situation really since Thomas took over so I I can't I wouldn't place all of the blame on Ben he doesn't do himself any favours when he does his post-match interviews but I think it's it's a, on a deeper level than that the, the mm. whatever's going on behind the scenes is obviously having a big effect on the team that and their performances yeah, and we and we well we're seeing in terms of behind the scenes having an effect. I mean that is partly due because of what, what squad we've ended up with there, Nathan. You know, we're looking at I'm looking at the team news ahead of 
ahead of Saturday, obviously uh, ahead of Friday, I should say. Ben's not doing his his press conference until Thursday. We're doing the the pod on Wednesday this week because everything's sort of shunted forward today. But you know, we 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 know where we're like. We know, for example, Jaden Stockley's still got another couple of games on his suspension for that that little forearm smash up at up at Port Vale. Um, luckily for us, because we've gone to a replay in the cup, it means two of those are going to be cup games, which, which actually works out quite nicely. So, I mean, the first big question for you, Nath, is I mean, I was absolutely shocked that Chooks and EK started against Stockport in the FA Cup but I mean if he can start one game I guess there's no reason to say he couldn't start another um I, I mean in terms of him starting a game I mean I know what you mean in terms of shock but in some ways I wasn't I thought there was no way he couldn't start Chucks if he didn't start Chucks in that game I'm just everyone's going to be going well like well how you know how long does Chucks need to to do more than 20 minutes um, and obviously, I don't know, you know, if, what zones he's in in terms of the red zones and stuff. But if you can't pl- start a game against Stockport, um, we're more or less playing with we've more or less got one point five strikers because it's only half of a striker. So it, 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 I think he had to start really because it's a prime opportunity for for Ch- Chooks to get some minutes in his legs, which he did. So I think he has to start again on on Friday because again, if he doesn't, what are you going to do? Shove. Shove young Carno up there on his own, or you know, or play with someone Charlie Kirk up on his own, which didn't work wonders on um, on Saturday. Um, so I think he has to start Chucks. You know, he's got to, and he just—I mean, and like you said earlier, with Jaden at that suspended. Usually, when your main your main number nine is out, you're sort of feeling it, and you're going, "Oh, mate, we're missing him." But he ain't pulled up any trees this year, so you're looking around, going, "Well, I know Jaden ain't playing, but." Is it going to make a massive bit of difference? Because every time I've seen Jaden recently, whether it's confidence or whatnot, we just don't look like scoring until Chucks comes on. So I don't know. It's going to. Be, I think he has to start Chucks on on Friday personally. Um, but I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah, but all right. So, so what happens if we lose Chucks now to injury? Because that's always a risk. Any time he goes onto the field of play, unfortunately, especially when he starts games. You know, when it, when he resigned for the club last season, I think we. I think we played him for four starts in a row, something along those lines, and then that was him done for for a couple of months. So, again, it, it you know, comes back to the fact we signed him in the first place. I like Chucks as, as a fella and as a player, but obviously we know his limitations in terms of his of his fitness. So this is what Ben... Ben, ben Garner will be having this exact conversation that I'm having in his mind. He'll be like, if I lose him tomorrow, what am I going to do while Jaden's still out in particular? But then even when Jaden comes back and he's not playing very well, what on earth are we going to do? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm, um, I'm, I'm in the kind of bring chucks in off the bench um, camp. I'm, I'm, I mean, and I think it even showed on on Saturday, starting the game, didn't really make. I didn't feel he made much of an impact. Whereas when you're bringing him on for the last sort of fifteen twenty minutes, he's he's has he'll always have that impact on on the game. So. It's it's then like what do you do? Who do you play instead if you're not going to start him? Yeah, Nathan's right. He's got to start him because what are the what are the other options? You've got a couple of young lads um, coming through that you've got the potential of having another Joe Piggott that you completely ruin their confidence, um, or like Charlie. And again, that doesn't work. So. I, I do feel for Ben, it, like the depth, we just haven't got that depth, especially with like obviously Miles, I, I don't know when Miles is due back, but 
it's it's a difficult one because you know Chucks has got it, but it not for. I mean, what did he play? Sixty five minutes the other day. It it just wasn't wasn't working for me starting the game. Um, so yeah, I don't know what Ben does. I, mm. I, I don't think there's any straightforward answer to it, other than like we keep saying, January transfer window. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, it's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Stephen Session went off injured, or, or well, we're hoping with cramp. Again, we'll find out more really when when Ben Garner speaks tomorrow, I imagine Nathan. But I mean, if he goes, we're bringing Dickie Chin back in. You know, he's been okay in times, but also at times he's struggled. So, again, it all, I feel like every week we talk about players missing and then well, who's going to come in. It always comes back to the same the same answer, really, doesn't it, in terms of the, the, the depth of the squad? Yeah, and, you know, like you said, Richard Chin's come in and had a good couple of games, but, you know, they're obviously not ready yet because otherwise Ben would have probably blooded him, you know, from the beginning or he wouldn't have needed another left back. But if Sess is out, um, obviously Clayden came in, uh, played a a blinder against Plymouth, didn't he? And then he got found out a little bit, which isn't his fault. He's playing out of position and he's gone to try and, you know, get some experience down at Bromley, even though he's not playing too regularly. Um, But yeah, so you're going to throw Chin in again. And, you know, if he has a bad game and... Like Sue said, it happened with Joe Joe Piggott when he was thrust in there. When Carlin came in there, he looked like a rabbit in headlights when he first came on the scene. And you know, if, if if a youngster has one good game, the fans naturally think that's they've set a level, so they can go that every single week. But young players have inconsistencies, you know. So if Sess is injured, you know, you've got um, Tom uh, Thomas is, uh, is it, yeah Thomas who's um, injured and whoever else we've got. But it all goes back to the same conversation we had back before the transfer window closed, that we were light. And if we didn't strengthen in the right areas, which you're inevitable going to get injuries and suspensions, especially in the pack schedule that we've got this season, you need cover. Like, and, you know, not to the extent of maybe like an Ipswich where they've got huge, you know, a huge squad and a very good squad. You can dip the youngsters in and out, but... Not to an extent where they're playing Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, week after week if they're not 100% ready. So if Cess is injured, then that's a big concern for me because our defence is stretched as it is. And uh, and again, we've got all, another replay, another game that we don't need um, and cup games. But then you've got, it's a double-edged sword because we're not doing very well in the league. So you want to try and make up for that in the cup to have a bit of a feel-good factor. But then you can't play your strongest team and then you might lose that. And then it's just a slippery slope. So... Yeah, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that um, Cess is all right because I think he's a very good player and he offers something very different. Mm, yeah, I guess the, the, the only other question mark majorly is whether Maynard Brewer continues ahead of Craig McGovery. Um I, I suggest he hasn't done too much wrong um, with the, the, the couple of games he's had so far. Sue, so would you would, would you like to see Ash keep the place in, uh, or would you like to see Craig come back in now, assuming he's sort of ready? I think... I think we need to stick with Ash, if I'm honest, because as we've been talking about Ash for for years, haven't we, really? So um, I think even when he was in the, like, a lot younger, like, people were sort of bigging him up um, as the next big thing in terms of goalkeeping. I think Ben Roberts was always a big, big, like, sort of fan of his uh, when Ben was with us. So I think, I think you've got to stick with Ash. If you're looking at him as a... a like a longer term option for us or even a potentially looking at another 
Nicky Pope situation where you're selling him to a, a bigger club, I think you've got to look at him being the the, the next choice under Jojo when Jojo's back. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd stick with Ash. I, I, he hasn't, as, as much as I've seen, he hasn't really done a lot wrong. I think his defence lets him down. But um, I think he's, he's, he's definitely one for the future. Mm, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see uh, if he does continue on Saturday. I mean, I mean, Sue mentioned it then. So Cheltenham sit only two points behind us. They're sitting in 18th. Um, so, I mean, defeat on Friday could see us drop drop, drop at least a place. Who, who knows what else could happen? I think Morecambe play on Friday as well. They're, they're much, much lower than us, actually. But um, I, I'm not concerned about relegation. We're 10 points above the relegation zone. That's that's not a problem, is it, Nathan? You'd like to you'd like to think not, but I think if we don't arrest the... I oh, know, listen, I'm not one of the negative ones. Um, I'm, I'm similar to Sue in a way that I'm usually quite positive. But we've got to be careful in the fact that we can't be too arrogant enough to think that we're too good to get dragged into it. I know it's 10 points, but we that we go three wins out, you know, with a, three games without a win, then it gets a little bit hairy, doesn't it? So we, we just need to try and get through to January and pray there's some money tree sort of growing somewhere in SE7 and um, we can strengthen because, you know, the, the Ben needs it, you know, the, the the squad need it, the fans need it, you know, we just need a little bit of a lift, a little bit of fresh fresh blood to try and raise it and have a little bit of a go. I'm not expecting, you know, a late charge to the playoffs. I know we're only six points away, but we just need to get some confidence back, get a couple of wins under our belt, get everyone back in a bit of a positive frame of mind and just try and steer clear of it because... I mean, last year we were we were flirting with it a little bit, and then obviously Johnny done a, a remarkable job and got us out of it. So, by any stretch, we're not out of the woods um, because we know what this league is like, and it's unforgivable. And when you're dropping points to the likes of Burton, and you know, if we don't get a point against or get some points on Friday, people winning around us against us, it's only going to go one way. So, we just need to try and get a win from somewhere, you know, like just a one nil. Because I mean, I was looking at that last time we won at home in the league was Portsmouth, wasn't it? Which was what the seventeenth of October in the league. That's like yeah. six. I know we had cup games in there, but six, seven weeks ago is a long time to remember that you've won at home. And it's uh, and it, like I say, you had cup games in there, but we just need that little bit of positivity back, a little bit of a feel good factor coming into with the World Cup. You know, uh, hopefully that will change everyone's spirits or whatever. But. We just need to get points on the board, mate, and that's and that's all we have to do. Just don't know, no matter how we do it, how we get it, we just get points on the board, and then just look upwards and onwards. Well, let's have a look at a couple of emails that are coming in. Now, Dean Lane uh, has emailed pretty much referencing three subjects I wanted to talk about between now and sort of the halfway point uh, of the show. He says, hi, guys. First of all, I don't think that Garner is under pressure from the majority of fans. Uh, there is a few moaning, but that's typical Charlton. So that relates to uh, over the over the last weekend, it sounds like the story was put out by Alan Nixon suggesting perhaps that Garner is under a little bit of pressure. Uh, it was talking about how much of a payout he'd get. Uh, if he were to be relieved of his services uh, at the Valley. And that's really the first time we've heard anything along those lines. Probably not a surprise considering, you know, the, the form's not great, as we've spoken about. He's spoken out against the uh, the way the club was run when he first came in as well, which we heard uh, heard after the Port Vale game. Um, Dean also goes on to reference a, a Peter Varney tweet, which we'll talk about in a second, and also Ollie Green, which we'll also talk about in a second. But first of all, I mean... You said it, Sue. If he is under pressure, you know he's not the first manager who's come under pressure in the last in the last couple of years. You know, since Thomas has come in, what are we on four managers now? Is it? Um, 
you know, Adkins, well, Bo, Bowyer officially is, was, was here as well. And then Adkins, uh, obviously we've had Jacko, now we're on Ghana. So he's certainly gone through a few. Um, and and we know, I, I think it's fair to say that when things go wrong, Thomas likes to blame you know, other people, not himself, when, when things have gone wrong, whether that's on the pitch or, or sort of in the back room as well with, with ticket fiascos and whatnot. So uh, do you believe, can you believe that he could be under a little bit of pressure? Do you, do you think that Thomas would, would, would be wise or unwise to look for a change of manager at this point? Um, I, I think, obviously, we, we've got no personal connection with Ben as we dad with Johnny and Bo so I don't know what sort of person he is I've I've sort of said at the weekend it sounds like he sounds like a decent guy I don't always agree with what he says in his post-match interviews in terms of blaming refs and things like that but then you get other people coming back to you like Swindon fans have come back to me and said like he wasn't a great person to be around. So it's difficult to know whether actually, right, let's get rid and and have a clean slate because as we know, Thomas's decision-making always hasn't been the greatest. Who would he get in? Who would want to come to us? Um, But... If he is trying to sort of build something, and I do like, I do actually like the little digs um, at the way the club's being run. Um, that actually, we do feel a little bit for him that he isn't being given the resources he needs um, to build a strong side, a stronger side. Um, again, it's a difficult one because I don't feel like I know Ben enough as a manager to feel. Right, yeah, he can get through this. Like he, I, he's got it in him. Um, it was even with Nigel Atkins, we'd said like he's got, he's got the history, he's got the experience. Ben hasn't got that, so you can't even go. Oh well, he did wonders there or there, or he got them promoted. We haven't got that with Ben, so it's a really difficult thing to kind of go with a manager that's almost come from, well, nowhere really, like non-league, lower league. Um, and then fit, feel like he's the right person because at the moment it doesn't feel like he is, but he could be. I've probably not really made much sense there, have I? <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean, Sue. I mean, results are what matters, Nath, you know, and there, there, there is a point, you know, no matter what sort of team you've been put, if, if there's same old problems reoccurring whether it be defensively or you know not take not not even not creating enough with the position we have or not taking our chances when they do come along which we seem to fluctuate between the two of those sometimes um yeah so at some point the manager has to take responsibility for that as well and he does you know he, he does point the finger <laughs> you know like uh like a lot of people in football do he does he does look for a you know ex- the odd excuse here and points out where things have gone wrong but also he has demanded that they'll, they'll have to improve and at times they haven't this season so so he will he will be putting himself under pressure as well to make sure that he's not in a position where where thomas will want to relieve relieve him of his services yeah of course it will and i think there's and certain elements of his interviews in terms of the refereeing decisions and stuff is an element of desperation and frustration and it's an all you know straight after a game you know we're all frustrated with the result 
uh, and fortunately for us, we don't get a microphone shoved in our face straight after the game, and you know emotions are high. So I can I get it, um, but I think those decisions sort do sort of even out and swings and roundabouts and stuff. So yeah, of course he's going to feel the pressure, um, but I mean, it, there will become there will come a time if results. You know, if we're not winning games, and we're like I said earlier, we're sliding down the table. Then there's going to be, we're going to come to a junction where we, you know, Thomas might have to make that call. But for me, that's not now. Um, I don't think changing managers frequently um, is going to get us anywhere. You know, he's come in to try and build an identity. He hasn't been given all the tools to do so. Um, and I just think it goes back to, I think if you keep trying to do something over and over. And expecting a different result, and it's an sign of insanity for me. And it's like, I think we'll have a lot of if, if let's say Ben does go right, I think we'll have a lot of people will be interested in terms of the pool of the club and the resources. Uh, well, not the resources, but the training ground, etc., etc. Um, but there, you could have some people looking and go, well, how long am I going to get? You know, nowadays everything's instantaneous. Every, you know, we have to be winning and we have to be building a squad in one window, which is not going to happen. We had. I think some of us, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, sometimes I look back to Pauly and what he did, which was incredible to build that squad and what we did that season, and think it's easy to do and it can happen every single time, which it's not. It was like a one-off that Pauly achieved that through what he did with the players, his man management, everything. It was unbelievable. But that's not going to happen every single summer. And I just think if we keep changing, we get rid of Ben and then we're going to get a new manager in. He might not. But like any of the players that Ben's brought in, so we can start from scratch. And we haven't got the financial clout or resources to do that, like in Ipswich. Go out and buy the best players in the league and whatnot. So, of course, he's going to come under pressure. Of course he is. No manager is immune from pressure or criticism. I just think just if he gives a, gets a little bit of help and then we can assess the situation. Because even he said at the beginning of the season, didn't he? He's like, if we reach the playoffs we'd be overachieving it took it took me back a little bit to hear that but he's been proved right if you if you if we're being honest with ourselves he's he's proved himself right in terms of that in, in terms of in terms of that comment mm, yeah right, let's have a look at some of the uh, fan comments then on the uh, ben garner situation michael said i think we should keep him uh, on the basis that we can't keep changing manager also the last time we replaced a manager the options suddenly became a lot less appealing john said he has to be under pressure because of our poor away performances and defensive displays, uh, but sacking him won't help anyone. He hasn't received the financial support promised, and that is only one person's fault. Uh, Roger says, not sure it's all down to the manager. Players are mostly uh, poor, and the chairman won't open his purse to buy anybody half-decent. I would like to think it's mostly down to Thomas Sangard. Uh, if so, let's hope he sells up uh, and goes, uh, allows someone to come in and help. Uh, London Inigiza said that Garner's bound to be under pressure. What's new? Uh, Dan said, I love Garner, but the problem is his playing style doesn't fit the players, and the investment he has been given uh, doesn't allow me to fully assess him as a manager. Come the transfer window, uh, we better see some action from Sangard, or I won't be surprised if Garner uh, comes out against him. Uh, a couple of emails uh, on it as well. well. One email Jeff said, uh, well, no, actually, Jeff's, Jeff's, uh, Jeff's email is on the next subject, actually. So that's probably a good time to bring forward the next subject, of course. So rumours abound, as, as they often do. Uh, Peter Varney got tongues wagging uh, earlier on this afternoon. Obviously, the former... Uh, CEO of the club um, tweeted, if you care about Charlton, even if you feel disillusioned at present, uh, please buy your ticket for the Brighton Cup game and come with a mindset to create a passionate atmosphere as it's very important to showcase the club uh, on that night. Now, that's got hairs running, Sue. Um, you know, I think we, we've been in this process before, haven't we? <laughs> where, you know, it, it gets to a stage where I think 
a lot of fans would like to see a change in ownership at the club and then all the rumours start and, and the little hints here and there, you know, and Peter Viney's a clever man. He, he, he would have known exactly what he's saying with his tweet. Um, and, you know, we've seen, uh, you can only describe it, I guess, as a, a bit of a, a message to try and pick up the interest of the Charlton fans and make him believe that there's probably someone out there and probably start to up the pressure on, on people who'd like to see Sangard go, that there's a way out here and maybe if they can turn up for the Brighton game, maybe there'll be someone there who, or, or someone watching who, who would be interested in buying the club. That's what, that's the message he's given there, basically. I can't see it being anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if anyone was interested in buying the club, Peter's with the history that he's got and, and the, the kind of consultancy work that he he does, um, he would be the go-to guy. So if there was any sniff of any interest from anyone, I would think that Peter would be one of the first to know about it. Um, I mean, I think the Brighton game in itself is, is, is a big game. I know some people were a little bit like, oh, Brighton. But at the end of the day... They're a Premier League club now. We aren't anymore. I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, still got a, an air of arrogance about about us that it's almost like we, we deserve to be higher than we are or better than we are. Well, actually, we're, those, those days are long gone. Um, and I think anything... Obviously, if Pete knows something, he's not going to be able to outly say, right someone's coming to watch but he it, that would be his way of kind of drumming up some excitement and uh getting because as we know like night games at the valley are amazing like we love a night game at the valley so that that's that's your opportunity to show someone that could be interested in what you're buying into not a saturday stockport county i'm like what five thousand people or whatever it was um yeah that's that's our opportunity i think to really sell ourselves as a club um i i don't know what what thomas's views on at the moment but i think he's got to get to the point where he must know that he can't keep funding a club that's losing money um and will continue to lose money particularly if we're not getting those results and we do get dragged into a relegation battle. So mm. he needs to think seriously if, if there is people like interested parties and they're coming along to that game, then we really need to show them what we're about as a, as a fan base because it's always been commented on, hasn't it, that one of the main selling points for our club is the support, the fan base, where we've come from, where we've dragged the club up from. There's not a lot of clubs that have got that that history that we've got in terms of like nearly going out of business. The fans putting in the money to to drag it back out, going back to the valley, all of that stuff. We've still got that fan base. So whoever comes along needs to see that on that night. So I would 100% back up what Pete's saying. Like, if you can get there, get there. Mm, yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, obviously. With that message being put out, you know, by uh, by Peter Varney, he's got people trying to guess who who may be involved in what. And you know, Jeff's emailed about uh, Charlie Meffin, who was the, the I think he was he said he was the chief financial officer at Sunderland. 
Uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly what his what his role was at Sunderland, but he was um he was a bit of a David Brent character according to to Jeff, and he was spotted at the Valley last week. We don't know if there's anything in that. We don't know if that means he would be part of anything, or if it was just a coincidence, or if he's someone who could introduce people. I don't I know nothing about it, but it certainly sets uh, sets hairs running because people don't know who 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 anything could involve at this early stage. But you know, like I say, we've been through this cycle many times before. Um, certainly over the last decade in terms of people who's going to buy the club or which way it's going to go so yeah we we, we go again as we used to say under Powerly when we lost the game um, one other thing that happened today uh, before we get a couple more emails um, Ollie Groom announced that his time at the club had officially come to an end um, at the end of October in circumstances which he, he couldn't really talk about but he, you know just sending his, his thanks to um Everybody involved, you know, the fans and all that with uh, with his time at the club over the last 10 years. And obviously, we, we, we send him our best wishes. Now, someone else uh, tweeted, uh, Dan Burke, someone who used to work at the club, suggesting uh, that Ollie was given a big out-of-court settlement. Um, now, I have heard similar from, from you know, the football clubs are very leaky, I'm afraid to say. So, I have heard, uh, I have heard similar. Um, it goes to show, we've spoken about the... Uh, the the difficult work environment at the Valley and, and how chaotic it is, it is behind the scenes these days. You know, it's been one of my bugbears hearing about different bits and pieces for the last however many few years now. It's chaos behind the scenes, you know. And I remember, I remember at the end of last season at the Player of the Year dinner, we were talking about stuff like this. And I don't think people wanted to hear it, but we have been hearing stuff like this for a while. And, and I do think it's coming out in terms of the football on the pitch now as well, because stuff goes wrong behind the scenes. Eventually, it leads to bad stuff happening on the pitch. You don't get as much money in as well. That plays a part in it. We're seeing all that now, Nathan. And, and I mean, this latest saga that's come out with obviously Oli being let go and, and like we say, re- reports he's received this this big payment. Um, it just it, it doesn't bode well on, on the ownership and, and the leadership at the club. No, it doesn't. And you know what? Whatever, whatever that number he got, he fully deserves it. And I, it was a massive one personally because you know he's a, well, he's a great lad. You know he lives and breathes Cholton and done so much for the club in terms of if you look back at the, the you know the the Matt Southall issue and you know I'm sure he'd be sorely missed around the club in terms of his work and as a person. So I'm delighted that he's got a new gig, um, and. Um, yeah, and, he, and he's been remunerated or remunerated uh, correctly, and um, yeah. But in terms of the, the, you know, behind the scenes, it's just the, it's just frustrating. It's you just look at it and go, just why can't we just be like a, like just a normal club? You know, I know every I know every club has ups and downs, and there's rifts between players and what and whatnot. You're always going to get it. It's life. You get it in every walk of life. But it's just the little snippets you get, as you say, mate, and it's. It's just frustrating, and obviously when we're not doing well, it, it, it gets amplified, and I don't know, it's just frustrating, and um, it's demoralising a little bit, and I think Brownie said it on the far post on the, on the on Monday, I think it was, and it was just like, it gets to a point where, you, not like you, you, you're past caring, but it's just, you're, it's like you're showing apathy now, and it's just, and that's the sad state of affairs, people aren't coming anymore, people don't like going anymore. And it's like you say, the, bat, the whatever happens in the background does make its way on the pitch, and then it, it affects everyone, and that that harmony isn't there, and and that's the sad thing because I, you know, I was looking at it on Saturday in the crowd, and it weren't you you know, and obviously Sue knows it. Years ago, even when we had um, Guy Luzon, 
like there was loads of us going when the, the old lib club they used to be like I used to go with like twenty people. Now I'll go on my own. I meet people in the you know I meet a couple of people in the fans bar and that, but no one wants to go anywhere, mate. That's more of a, a damning insight into your personality, I'm afraid, no. Yeah, that is very true as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, like, obviously the crowds are low. We, we know that. In fact, David uh, sent an email saying, uh, can you stop playing the Wembley playoff final excerpt during the broadcast? It's getting extremely tedious listening uh, to that winning goal, knowing how far the club has to go to get anywhere near it. Uh, anywhere near to close uh, to such an occasion. It's like rubbing salt into an open wound. Stop it. Yeah, I, need, I do need to make some new jingles. I'll, I'll start playing the Christmas jingle next week. Uh, we'll have it one more time this week, I'm afraid, Dave. And an email from Carl. Again, very worried about how easy it is for us to slip out of form and go on these long winless runs again. Uh, I appreciate that Garner has been sold a dud uh, and has not had the investment to make this team competitive at the top of the table. But I don't think he's doing enough to find a way of us being an attacking threat or being able to defend simple set pieces. The game uh, on Friday night is massive in terms of need a result both for us uh, as a uh, set of fans and for Ghana to keep the wolf away from the door because we know that Sangard will sack managers uh, rather uh, than admit fault right uh, finally during the week obviously we know we're going to have to play a replay against Stockport uh, next Wednesday night. It's going to be on TV, ITV4. It's also going to be um, on BBC Radio London, full commentary as well, if you want to uh, ch- tune in for that one. Um, but um, if we do get through, well, it, it means that either us or Stockport will play someone uh, in the FA Cup. Now, the FA Cup draw uh, was on Monday. Uh, we did it for the, the League Cup draw, didn't we? A Twitter space. We thought we'd do a live watch-along again uh, so you can listen to the excitement uh, when our team uh, was drawn out again. Rachel, well, she's uh, giving him a good... 12 in there, and we're getting ready for the first ball to come out. So in we go. Charlton uh, are number 56, if I remember rightly. And the first one that comes out is number 30. Um, so number 30 is Preston North End. Don't particularly want this one, do we, lads? No, thanks. No, no thanks. No. Uh, and the next one out is number 17. So Preston is against uh, Huddersfield. So we've uh, we've missed that one. Next one is... Avoided Huddersfield yeah, as well. 20, oh, yeah, yeah that's good one. 25, Middlesbrough. This is another one I'd be happy not to have. Uh, and the ball coming out is number eight, which is Brighton and Hove Albion. So we won't get, get in Brighton twice uh, in the space of a couple of weeks. Right, righty right, he's back in there. Number 61. This is Chesterfield away, a non-league away gate. Absolutely not. And it's against, <laughs> is that 41? Yeah, 41. And that is West Bromwich Albion. Uh, so the balls are coming out thick and fast here. We're still waiting for the addicts. Righty right, he's got number 23. That's Man City, right? This is the one we want, boys. Oh, this on. could be a good one. This Come could on, be a Rachel. good one. Come on. Come on, Rachel. Number 12, not us. That is Chelsea. Oh, they keep oh every time. Wasn't Chelsea that the same in the last one? Yeah. All these big clubs together. Yeah. How many? The Carabao Cup one was yeah. the same. 56, Six, 56. Chowen or oh. Stockport are out. So who are we going to get? Who are we oh, going to no. get? It's number 63. We will be at home to Walsall. <laughs> I very nearly swore there we will be at home to Walsall get us knocked out right now yeah oh, no goodness why me. goodness me what on earth Although we've, we've beaten them once this season haven't we in the cup come on uh, yeah well yeah one of our uh, league cup conquests Walsall I can't believe it Boreham Wood against Accrington Stanley at least they're equally as disappointed as well um, well let's react to that I'm not going to do the rest of the draw um, Spurs oh, who's Spurs getting Spurs are home to 52. That was quite close to us as well. Spurs against Portsmouth. Uh, right, well, we don't need to go through the rest of it, do we? Um, Lewis, Walsall at home, buzzing? Not really, mate, no. I, a few people text me then saying, well, this puts the scale of it. A, a non-Charlton supporting friend texts me saying, good draw for you, which shows he has absolutely no clue how we feel. 
and Peacock texted me saying wasn't even worth putting the telly on. <laughs> so that, that, that sums up the uh, the mood, I think. Yeah, not ideal, is it? But I mean, we've got to get past Stockport first anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we don't get to the third round very often, and, and when we do, we we don't tend to get any glamour ties. I was I was set on us getting a decent tie, but um, no, well, we didn't seem to happen. But we'll we'll saw no mugs, are they? Even if we have to play them. Yeah, well, we were the draw that came out. Man City Chelsea came out, and the very next draw was Charlton or Stockport against bloody Walsall. Um, uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. Tweet us uh, at Charlton Live your reaction to the fact that we might get to play Walsall if we get beyond Stockport in this year's FA Cup. This is a bit like when England got to the final, having played all those farmers, isn't it, on the, on the way through to the Euros, basically. Um, Tom, your, your thoughts on that? I don't know. I've got the Portugal-Uruguay game on now. So <laughs> good news that our ball came out nice and early so I can get that done. But, um, yeah, if you're really dragging me off mute to talk about it, then cup run's still on, isn't it? We've got to beat Stockport and Warsaw, and then we'll get a glamour tie against, I don't know, Chesterfield or someone. So... Yeah, on to the next round. I, th- I think that's the closest I've ever come to swearing in a live broadcast, Sue, when they pulled out bloody Walsall. I-, I could have thrown my phone at the TV at that point. What a bloody disappointment that was. <laughs> it was always going to happen. We we I think we predicted it all the way. Well, it was like we'll either get an amazing draw and get knocked out by Stockpole in the replay, or we'll just end up with another awful boring pointless away trip or home trip whatever it is and when it come out because i was listening to the the live broadcast as soon as it come out i was like i did swear and i turned it off straight away turned turned the tv over um turned the twitter off i was like mate not having it it's mm. uh, it's just us, isn't it? We like. I mean, I know people were talking about on the live thing. Oh, Spurs, blah blah blah. Well, we we've had Spurs in fairly recent history, haven't we? We went to Spurs about, yeah, about right? two thousand and twelve, maybe. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, look at that. Recent. It's like ten yeah. years, ten eleven years ago, <laughs> whatever. But as a rule, we tend to get quite crap draws, don't we? So. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't surprised but again you do you hold on to that little glimmer of hope that you might get a Liverpool away or or a, like Arsenal away or whatever but yeah Warsaw brilliant yeah, we are it is what it is which I should be our club motto because it always relentlessly is what it is unfortunately with the addicts right let's have a quick break uh, cover your ears uh, David uh, when we come back uh, we're going to be uh, looking ahead to the game with Cheltenham once more Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Sutherland trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. John has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time to be here at Wembley. Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big and match preview. Just before we turn our attention back to that home game uh, with Cheltenham on Friday night, we're just going to hear from the women's team as well. They're in real good form uh, at the moment. Three wins uh, in a row in a league and cup. Now defender Alicia Ndau uh, came to speak to the club uh, on our behalf uh, earlier on uh, today. Uh, to look back at those three games and ahead to Sunday's home game with Sheffield United. Um, yeah, it's great. Obviously, going to Durham away is a tough place to go. So I think starting off our run to go there, get three points, even though it's a tough game. Um, uh, we were happy with the performance, but then obviously to go to Crystal Palace away um, and then pick up another three points. And then going to Bristol, obviously, at home in the Cup. Although it was in the Cup, it's still good to keep that momentum going. And obviously, our result against them last time um, didn't go how we wanted. But um, it showed that we've made improvements over the last couple of weeks to go there and get the points, regardless of it being in the Cup or the league. Yeah, plenty of goals being scored. Um, you could also say plenty of goals being scored by the centre-backs as well. Yeah. Clear skills. And obviously, looking back to your goal against Sunderland, which nicks the point... To be fair, I still don't really know much about it because I feel like it's always a long-running joke about me not being able to like use my head, especially in attacking situations. But it was a lovely ball in from Rowing, so um, it just landed on my head nicely and I didn't have much to do with it. It just went in the back of the net, but I think it's good that not even just the forwards are scoring. Obviously, skills is second top goal scorer at the moment as well so that's quality so everyone's contributing and finally um, like you said you want to kind of keep that winning momentum going another tough test the weekend Sheffield United uh, what are you expecting them to bring? Um, obviously we know that Sheffield are a, a brilliant side they've been in the league for a number of years now but I think as a team we're just going to take each game as it comes go into the game obviously wanting to get the three points but obviously building on our performance obviously we've had great results over the last free game so I think it's just improving on that as a team there you go thanks to Alicia for saying that uh, for us there having a little chat uh, with Andrea for us so looking ahead to the game so it's Sunday 2 o'clock down the Oakwood uh, against uh, the Blades it should be a good game let's see if the Addicts can continue uh, this little run of form they're on they're doing quite well at the moment obviously spoke about that win at Palace uh, recently, but they've had a, a couple of good results as well, including that Conti Cup win uh, over Bristol City uh, last weekend. Let's hopefully uh, see if they can continue this winning run uh, on Sunday. Now, Cheltenham uh, coming to the Valley uh, this uh, Friday evening. Obviously, as I said earlier, the game's been brought ahead uh, because of the potential clash with an FA uh, with an Eng- uh, England World Cup game, which has never happened now, but it's too late to change it back, really, isn't it? It wouldn't make any sense. So uh, we will be playing the Robins on Friday night. Now, Mark Halliwell uh, covers uh, the club uh, from a commentary and a newspaper point of view. He's, uh, I've seen him at a few uh, of our games between the two sides, and I spoke to him uh, yesterday uh, in the evening to uh, just have a little chat and find out a little bit more about the Robins season, uh, ask him how pleased he has been, or disappointed, perhaps, with the start to the campaign so far. Well, it's picked up. It's <laughs> It's been it's been very up and down to be honest with you. Um, when Michael Duff left, it was always going to be a big job for Wade uh, for Wade Elliott, but um, and he didn't. He, the fixture list didn't help him. 
right at the very start. First three games were Peterborough, Barnsley and Portsmouth. So there was always going to be a, be a tough start and they didn't. Uh, they lost all three of those and then also went out of the Carabao Cup 7-0 to Exeter at home. So that wasn't the, uh, wasn't the best of starts. But they, um, they managed to pick up and it, it has been a bit up and down though. It's almost been a case of where they take one step forward and then all of a sudden they'll take one or two steps back. And it's been a, it's been a bit like that, but lately they've, uh, they've done okay. Eight points out of the last 12 is pretty good. I mean, going out of the FA cup to Alf church was an absolute disaster. That was uh, probably the most humiliating result I've ever seen in my time watching Cheltenham and didn't exactly endear way to the supporters. There were chants around the ground at the end of the game saying that uh, fans wanted him out. But uh, last four games they've picked up, as I say, eight points out of 12 and also knocking Forest Green out of the Papa John's Trophy uh, on penalties has also given him a bit of a lift and given everybody a bit of a lift. So all in all, they're not, they're coming into into Friday's game, I think, in a, in a pretty good frame of mind. Hmm. Well, what were the expectation levels like at the start of the season? Obviously, last year, I'm all right in saying that was Cheltenham's highest ever league finish. So, um, was was there expectation that they could continue along that vein? Is it was it just about staying in League One at the moment? It was their highest ever league finish. Yeah, fifteenth in 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 League One, and they've actually improved their league position every season since they came back into the league in uh, in 2015-16, winning the National League under. Gary Johnson, but it was always going to be difficult because, I mean, Michael Duff's Michael Duff's not a fool. Michael Duff, I think, looked at it and thought, right, we're 15th in League One. I don't think we're going to go any higher than 15th in League One. My stock's at the highest place it's going to be. Barnsley have come in for me, so I'm going to go. And I think that was that was the way of it. And I think any any Cheltenham fan thinking, oh yeah, we're going to get higher than fifteenth, we're going to keep it going. I think is is a bit is is stretching it a bit far, to be honest with you. Um, I think staying in League One is really where we're looking at. If Cheltenham can finish above that line again, then that'll be great, and uh, and it'll just strengthen the club again going forward. And I think if Wade can keep them up, then I think that'll be satisfactory for the board and for those sort of running the club but there there are supporters out there thinking, oh, why are we just trying to stay up why can't we but you know Cheltenham have got one of the smallest budgets in the division so staying up in the division I think for the for the for the time being is always going to be the uh, the main aim mm. and what about Wade Elliott then so as you said he had he had pretty big shoes to fill when he when he came in and took over uh, after Duff went up to to Barnsley but I think this is his first sort of senior managerial role isn't it so how has he sort of taken to the job it is his first yeah his first managerial role um as i say it's been a bit rocky for him um there's a few of the supporters who have already nailed their colors to the mast and said nope we're not having him one bit which is a bit unfair i think after 20 odd games um he's he struggled a little bit, if I'm being honest. He struggled a little bit with connecting with the supporters. I mean, some of his interviews, he doesn't come across, you know, he's, his, his interviews can be a bit dour. Um, and some of his some of the answers to some of the questions that he's asked after games have, have left supporters thinking, what's he, what's he on about? As if they haven't seen the same game as him. 
and that's always an issue, I think, for and, and and it's this usual thing. It's this thing that I never understand is the the fact that he's not the most demonstrative on the touchline. And you know how supporters seem to want their managers to wave their arms about and point a lot and shout a lot. And uh, Wade doesn't really do that. It, and uh, some supporters thinking, oh, he doesn't care. He hasn't got any passion for it and all this sort of stuff. And But I think that's a load of nonsense, <laughs> to be honest with you. But because, uh, you know, he's, as I say, he's warming to it. As he goes along, he's warming to it. He's getting better with that sort of thing. And um, as I say, the last the last few results have been very encouraging. And uh, the beating Wickham, drawing with Ipswich in recent weeks uh, have been very encouraging. But he's just had those couple of real rock, rocks in the road, the Exeter 7-0 and the Alvchurch Cup defeat to cope with. But to be fair to him, each time those rocks have come along, he's sort of overcome them quite well. Mm, yeah, and you've mentioned yeah. that I've, I've got my eye on that point they've just picked up at Ipswich. I mean, that'll be the, the mm. sort of challenge that Charlton will be wary of because they haven't um, done particularly well against teams that come and try and stop Charlton playing. Is that the way that Charlton will set up a, on the road a, a, against a, a so-called bigger club? I think they may well do. I think they may well do. I mean, they don't. Um, they don't tend to go away very much from the from the three at the back and the sort of the three five two or the three four one two as it has been in in recent weeks. They're not gonna they're not gonna suddenly come out and field six or seven defenders. They're not they're not gonna do that. And uh, I mean Ipswich was very much a sort of bodies on the line performance. Ipswich had something like twenty nine shots on goal, but they only had four on target. So that sort of tells you really that Cheltenham did a pretty good job of of holding them at holding them at bay, um, and yeah, I think it'll be that. I, I can't see them going too far away from that sort of setup. Really, I mean, to be honest, the game at the Valley last year, Cheltenham, that was one of Cheltenham's best performances in a long time when they came to the Valley and won two one at the start of last season. And uh, they'll they'll be looking for something similar, obviously. But I think first of all, it'll be it'll be set up to be hard to beat and that's uh, and that's what they've done defensively they've been pretty they've been pretty good this season bar that 7-0 of course mm-hmm, yeah uh, so finally who are the, the, the danger men that the Addicts fans will need to be wary of this weekend obviously you know Alfie May caught a lot of headlines last season he seems to be plodding along okay with with, with five goals in all competitions so far this season is he still the, the main man for Cheltenham very much so very much so he is the talisman he's the main man he's ever been and uh Going back to sort of almost his home turf, really. I remember when he, I remember interviewing after the game last year, and he was saying, "Oh, this is this is my home turf." And he had uh, half his family were there watching that game uh, last season. Yeah, he's very much the main man. He's just come back from injury, and uh, Cheltenham need him to be fit. Cheltenham need him to stay fit for as much of the season as possible, because without him, they've really struggled. Um, alongside him, he's got Dan Lundaloo, who's on loan from Southampton. He's quite a handful. Um, he's one of those players who, you know, defenders don't know what he's going to do next, but he's also one of those players who I don't think knows himself what he's going to do next. So <laughs> he's quite unpredictable. And uh, the other one the other one to look out for is Ryan Broom, who's come back to the club, um, obviously came back from Peterborough uh, in the summer. Just getting up to speed. I hadn't, hadn't played a lot of football when he came back, but he's just coming up to speed now. And uh, 
scored against Ipswich and also was outstanding in the game at Forest Green in the Papa John's Trophy the uh, the other day, scored and uh, converted the penalty, which ended up winning the game. So, yeah, he's he's another one. And um, at the back, defensively, Caleb Taylor, who's on loan from uh, West Brom, been very, very good, highly rated at West Brom. He's uh, more than held his own against several decent strikers this season and uh, he'll be ready for another test against uh, against the Addicts on Friday. There we go. Thanks to Mark for, for joining me uh, over Zoom yesterday and having that little chat. So uh, they will pose a threat, I guess, Nath, because they have just had a couple of results now. I mean, if we're looking purely at league results... They're, they're unbeaten in four. And, I mean, I've got my eye on that point. They went and took it at Ipswich a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, that's a massive result for them on, on the road. And they've beaten a Wickham side who can be quite tricky in this division as well recently. So, yeah, anyone who thinks we're in for an easy ride, A, obviously hasn't been watching us this season, but B, um, probably doesn't know that they've they've picked up slightly recently. Yeah, yeah, they um, obviously they got, I don't know if Wade Elliott is still there, but I know he was under a bit of, bit of pressure early on. I think they got thumped at home. By someone, I can't remember it was now. Um, yeah, but lost, yeah no, seven gonna, nil, it, lost seven nil against Exeter, but he is still there and, and picking up a little bit. Yeah, yeah so I mean, yeah, it's, like I said earlier, it's going to be a difficult. They've got some good players. They've got Dan Lundelu. I think it's the old Southampton striker. I think I think I don't know if he scored against us last year uh, when we played him. Dan Lundelu, I can't remember. Um, and Ole Yinka, the old Arsenal boy as well. So they've got good players, but um, again, I said it. You know, on paper, we've got attacking wise, we've got threats all over the pitch and it should be a game that we'll be winning but again Saturday I went I went, strangely I went there really full of confidence against Stockport and thought we'd win quite you know comfortably um, not thinking 3-4s or anything but I'd, you know good 2-0 or 3-1 or something and um, obviously um, uh, set, the set pieces had other ideas so yeah it's, it's going to be a hard game but it's a game that we need to be winning there's no ifs or buts about it we have to be winning these games especially home games Mm, yeah, and I mean it's coincided with obviously it's the uh, the closest we're getting to the 30th anniversary of Back to the Valley. Or, or I mean Nathan couldn't add this up when we we're talking about this earlier on too. But it's always an important landmark for the club, I mean, especially now we're going through a stage of, of people talking perhaps about change again at the top, and we know how 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 far things can go wrong when when clubs aren't run properly. It ended up with Charlton being stuck, you know, playing over at Sellers Park, playing over at West Ham for for a number of years. Um, but at the same time, we you know when we get to this anniversary, it's always nice to sort of reminisce about the the battle that the fans had to get us back here, and obviously the people that you know played a big part in in, in owning the club as well. Obviously, Roger Alwyn was uh, was back at the training ground this week, was a really good video the club put out. But mem- memories like this too, in, in, this time of year must be particularly special for people uh, who were going to games a bit more often than than. You know, myself, who was about three at the time, and and Nathan, who was obviously was was in his eighties, who so was too old to go to games at that point. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, I thought you was going to say people of a certain age, like myself. Um, I, Dance yeah, around I was, that quite nicely, actually. So yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I was I was quite pleased with that. Though after the conversation we had earlier, oh yeah, I was sixteen the first game back, and we as a family we had quite a big involvement. In, in the return, like my mum and my stepdad were both volunteers helping get in the valley ready. We'd come up with a little fundraising scheme. I don't know, I think I've talked about it before, where we'd, a group of girls, we had a little training session with the first team down at Sparrows Lane with Curbs and Gritty. 
um, and we raised some money towards it. Like fans chucked money in. We obviously had the valley party. It was, it's it's as a as a as a time of year. Uh, it's it's one of the highlights of the season for me because it was such special memories. Like even doing the march. I mean, my mum and stepdad were at the valley till like one o'clock in the morning the night before the game and then they were back down there at like seven o'clock the next morning getting like helping getting the ground ready and they were still painting and doing like I think the car park was still being tarmacked or something there was there was still like proper last minute stuff being done I I went on the march um to the ground and it was just a massive sense of togetherness and that family feel that that we talk about um that we kind of sort of said we we continued to have probably up until maybe when Roland uh bought us um where that started to slip away a bit but it it does it's those, those like we've got the dinner tomorrow night um which I'm really looking forward to we've got quite a lot of old players come in even like more recent like Jan's come in Jacko's come in so it's it's again it's a big celebration of as of what uh, what people did to get us to where we are now because like you said earlier like things could have been very different we might not have had a football club to support if it wasn't for people like Roger Alwyn um the board at the time the fans like we had the valley investment plan where people could pay money towards towards the return um so I think yeah it is a massive celebration and I I almost feel like it's sort of in the background a little bit now more recently because there aren't as many of us left that were were there then um and even those that are have kind of got a little bit disillusioned with with the club and and don't return as much um, mm. Even staff-wise, you're talking about people going. When you're talking about Ollie, like my mum, my mum's been working on a match day for this is her thirtieth season. Um, we had we had quite a long period of time where it was the same people working for the club, people like Mick Everett, Chris Parks, um, and and a lot of that's changed now for varying reasons. But I think it's just such a good time to come together, celebrate what we've done um, and, and try and try and carry that through the difficult times, use that to, to remind ourselves what a special football club we've got. And I say we, meaning us, the fans, um, and, and just try and, yeah, like pull together. When, when, when you're having those rough times, that's our strength. Um, and I think we need to remind ourselves of that. And this weekend is a perfect opportunity to do that. Excellent. Well, that's a lovely way to end the show. Sue, thank you for uh, for, for those uh, those excellent words there. Yeah, um, make make sure you uh, reminisce properly this this weekend, and hopefully we can do so with three points on on Friday night as well. Thank you uh, to everyone who's tuned in uh, this week. This has been the big match preview on Charlton Live. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, thank you to Sue and to Nathan for joining me this week. Cheers, boys, and oh, thank you. Sue. <laughs> Sue. I usually say, cheer- I usually say cheers, boys. Sue. Sue. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Yeah, Cheers, boys. Stuff.
Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes, and thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday to look back at the Cheltenham game. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have three more points on the board by then. We'll see you later. Charles and Charles and